So what's that? Spooky time of year, huh? It is. It's the scary spooky time. Woo! So welcome to episode 91 of Musically Challenged, your heap and helping of music trivia and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about this week. I'm your host, Lou Siffer Schwalbach, and along with me, as always, is Chad the Black Knight. Ah, I like it. I like what you did there. And I want to make a promise to the people listening, there will be nowhere near as many F-bombs as last week. I want to make another promise. Chad, even though he's the Black Knight, is the whitest man ever. It's not true. I'm kind of pinkish. (laughs) You wish you were, dude. (laughs) It's that time of year again. The time when the nights are cool and the trees creak with the crisp night breezes and appear wicked in the pale moonlight. I have to tell you, the nights are always cool in this house. Well, are we talking temperature cool or like, I'm cool? Like, we're cool. Okay. Spectres and ghouls are out in force begging for handouts while jack-o'-lanterns adorn most porches. Those little UNICEF boxes are left dusty while scary movies are played almost non-stop on all networks except for Hallmark, Lifetime, or Ion Television because they'd have to turn off Criminal Minds for two hours to put something fucking else on. Or Christmas, Christmas movies. Right. That's right. It's Halloween. Halloween has two different origin stories depending on who you talk to. Most believe it's steeped in Celtic history of harvest festivals with pagan roots and that it was Christianized, finger quotes. Others believe that it was a Christian holiday for the remembrance of the dead. Whichever side that you fly your broomstick on, one thing is for certain. Halloween is a time for dark, macabre, and spooky shit, and it makes the forefront to everything. And candy is on sale wicked-ass cheap, especially the day after. You know, I was at Walmart earlier today. They have a bag of 400 of these mini bars or whatever mm-hmm. for 24 bucks. Done. 400. Done. What but are you, you, you going to eat? <laughs> I'm not going to hand them out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so Chad and I decided to honor Sawen by putting together a list of songs that belong on everyone's holiday party list. In their own right, they're good songs, but this time of the year, they're nearly a necessity to play. So it's time to dim the lights, fire up the carved pumpkins, and get this Halloween 2018 show started. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. I've been so wicked busy at work, though, that I got nothing up this year. So you just dress up like a human for Halloween this year? No, actually, I just ordered my costume today. Do you have some place to wear it? or I do. We're doing a party at work. Ah. So, I do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but, oh, why the fuck not? I, I actually got one of those dinosaur heads. Oh, did you? And some dinosaur claws. 
And I'm thinking I'm going to find a big old flannel and be like the dinosaurs from, remember the old show? From the, dinosaurs? the dinosaurs, dinosaur yeah, show? Yeah, I'm going to try to be the like the, the punk kid, you know, and have wear the flannel and the and the hat backwards and the... I think, didn't the kid wear a letter jacket? Oh, maybe he did. The dad was wore the, the flannel. flannel. So I'll have to get a hard hat. But that either way... Be, it shouldn't be too hard, actually. No. But either way, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a callback to something that most people nowadays won't understand. And dinosaurs wasn't that big back when it was out, but I loved it. It was part of TGIF. It was huge. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. Because it was like, it was TGIF, so it was that, Perfect Strangers, um, what the fuck was the other one? Full House, um, Hanging with Mr. Cooper for a while, Just the Ten of Us, who had Brooke Thies, which is the oldest blonde daughter, which was hot, um, and Bill Kirkenbauer. He was the bald coach guy. Um, it was actually a spinoff of uh, Growing Pains because he was the okay. coach. He was Mike Seaver's coach. Okay. But then when they fired him because of something that Seaver did stupid, um, they gave him his own show. Oh, okay. And he was a stand-up comedian in his own right. He was pretty funny. All right. Fair enough. So that was enough non-Halloween trivia for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's what, remember our tagline is whatever the hell we want to talk about this week. You're exactly right. But now I want to talk about beer. Yes. This year, I decided to... This year? Well, this year's Halloween episode. Okay, there we go. Smartass. Uh, I decided well, to bring... Part of me has to be. Well, because, yeah, it's always the dumb shit rest of you, huh? So we brought... It's by Founders Brewery. Wherever the hell that... Where is it? It says... That's really small writing, dude. Let's see if I can read it with... Grand my... Rapids, Michigan. Yes, sir. All right. So it's Founders Brewery out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's called Dirty Bastard. And I just love the name of it. It's a Scotch-style ale, which means it's going to be rather interesting. I do like the label, though. They have, like, this evil-looking Scotsman on there. Mm-hmm. And it's with, uh, 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 what the hell is that plaid? Plaid. Yeah, plaid. It's, there's another name for it. I can't remember what oh, the... Oh, yeah, the... Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right. But. It's a 12 fluid ounces, and this son of a bitch is 8.5%. And it's got 50 IBUs, which we give zero shits about? Zero shits about. However, depending on how those IBUs make us feel, it might give us a lot of shits. But we'll find out later. <laughs> so this one here says on the back of the bottle, so good it's almost wrong. Dark ruby in color, which it's in a brown fucking bottle, so who cares. Brewed with seven varieties of imported malts. Complex in finish. With hints of smoke and peat, so that could be interesting. It is ruby. Look at that shit. Nice. Paired with a multi richness and a right hook of hop power to give it the bad attitude that a beer named Dirty Bastard has to live up to. Not for the wee lads. <laughs> so I'm actually looking forward to this. I think it. it, it you it, know, a lot there's of times. There's no smell. Scotch ales can be very tricky. Because sometimes the amount of scotch flavor in them is overpowering. But, but And that's the thing, too, is, I mean, the whole peat and smoke, if you get a good scotch, you're going to have a lot of peat flavor. You're going to have a lot of smoky flavor. So I'm concerned about that one. There is no odor to this. There's no smell. Just a little bit. Of, I can smell a little bit of hops, and that's about it. That's what I'm really looking forward to, actually. So we'll find out. Let's do it. Ooh. Mm. I like that. I like that. It's got kind of a almost like a creamy. Yeah. It's I'm I'm tasting a little bit of the smoke. Not a scotch guy, but I'm mm. I'm liking this. No, this is good. It's it seems like this should be darker than it is though. This seems like this should be almost a porter. It's got almost a creamy porter feel to mm -hmm. it, but it's it's well I poured a little in my hand. It is ruby in color. Mm -hmm. so. All right. What do you want to give it? 
I'm going to go thumbs up. As am I, for starters. So we're going to do that. If it changes, you'll know. Yeah. But, uh, no, I like it. Like I said, it's it's got no flavor. It's not really resting on the back of the tongue very much. No, it's... And it's, it is a creamy beer. It's smoother than I thought it would be. And right. the hop... And, and, and you can smell the hops, but they don't bite. They don't. And I'm tasting part of the... Like, an actual... Because I've had, like, a glass of scotch before, and that shit will burn your ass like crazy. I'm tasting that a little bit in the back end. I'm not getting the burn, but mm. I'm getting the flavor. I'm getting the flavor of like a scotch whiskey, and that I'm kind of liking. All right. So, should we do a little trivia? Sure. I am six and five after last week. You are? So, now this is a... I didn't pick a band this time. I went with the theme, Halloween. Okay. So, and this one I'm also, like I did last week, I'm going to give you multiple choice. Okay. Because I think it's only fair. How many children have been seriously injured or killed from poison candy given to them by strangers during Halloween? Your choices are 100, 0, 1,000, or 10,000. Now, is this ever or... Which, within recorded history. So, I would guess from like the 30s, because that's when Halloween as we know it right. started. So, okay. the question again is, how many children have been seriously injured or killed from poisoned candy... Given to them by strangers during Halloween. 100, 0, 1,000, or 10,000? Okay. All right. All right, so I think you get to start this one off, I don't do, you? I do, and I am going to start with Witch's Brew by David Casper. Now, I couldn't find anything on the meaning of the song, so I listened to it and came up with the meaning by myself. Here's what I figured. Well, anyway... It comes from Halloween Town 2. I was able to figure that out, which I believe is like a a Hallmark Channel TV show. Oh, my God. Um, I never heard... Chad is doing a soundtrack for a Hallmark movie. Yes, I am. <laughs> I had never heard of the movie, and I have no desire to listen to it, but this NSYNC-style Halloween song is simply about a guy who's looking for a witch's brew to help a girl fall in love with him. There, there's the there's a word of caution in this as he says be careful with a witch's brew so let's take a listen to this one Now, the song just kind of makes me laugh. It is Halloween-themed, but would not end up on my Halloween playlist. Though it may end up on a Halloween party playlist, like if you're throwing a party or something and it's just kind of playing in the background, I could see it for that. I don't have a lot to say. It's it's an okay song, but Lou? All right, so what boy band did you just mention? NSYNC? Yeah. Did you use Backstreet Boys? No, but I said this song says October 2000. But this sounds so mid-90s boy band, it's nearly painful. Nice. Right here. Right yeah, here. That's... That was actually kind of awesome. That was cool. Even with the dance style beat, the song still sounds a bit creepy with the music. Yep. Um, it's a decent song for a more modern Halloween song. I wouldn't put it on my list if it played on like a Halloween music channel or something through cable. I okay. I wouldn't mute that's the TV. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But no, this it's it wouldn't make my list. But I it's agree. still a Halloween song. Yep. All right. So, um... What are you going to start with? Well, you know what? I'm just going to start with what I have here because I don't feel like being clever. Okay. The first uh, first one I have is Madhouse by Rihanna. So That was a short-ass song. Yeah, it was. 
and it's like maybe at most three minutes. It's like not even. I think it's. I think it's like two fifteen. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to get like three seconds of the song for us to listen to. Right. So Rihanna co-wrote the song. Uh, it's a non-single track off of her night. I'm sorry, off of her 2009 album Rated R. Now, is it Rated R because she's a dirty girl, or Rated R because her name is Rihanna? I'm guessing the latter. I don't care if it's either one of them. I'm okay well, with I'm, one. So she's okay to look at. <laughs> So this piece is, if anything, more of an instrumental than a song, because really there weren't that many words to it. It's about a minute and a half long, so yeah, I even wrote that, and most of it is is the spoken intro. Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn back now. To those who think you can take it, we say welcome to the madhouse. And it's not even her saying that, it's some No, dude. right. So the rest of the song is a lot of na-nas and come-ons, because apparently na-na and come-on are some of Rihanna's favorite words. And combinations of words. Now, all joking aside, the song was way too short for radio play, but it did make it into clubs for the beat and the timing, and Madhouse's parent album peaked at number one in Norway, Switzerland, and the U.S. on the top R&B and hip-hop album chart. I'm going to say I'm starting to get a little little bit more of an appreciation of this Barbadian... She's from Barbados, I guess. Right. And Barbadian, such a hard word to say. I know, sometimes you listen, or you look at the way that they're like, okay, they're from Barbados. And then they call themselves Barbadians or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and it's like, isn't there an easier way to go about this? Well, like even somebody from Washington, Washington State, what do you think Washington State residents are called? Washingtonians. Washingtonians instead of like Washingtonites or whatever the right. case is. So anyways. And With Wisconsin, we're nice and easy. We're Wisconsinites. And then if you're Illinois, you're just assholes. You're a fib. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's got a good beat and while the song topics can be all over the place between naughty and nice the music is always good this tune just has kind of an overall creepy vibe to it and rihanna's voice breaking it here and there it still it helps because your skin almost crawls but doesn't make you want to turn it off that in itself is what makes it part of my halloween list is the fact it's got some creep but not enough to make you turn it off so let's take a quick listen then chad can tell us how he hates it Or doesn't? Strangely, I do not hate it. Um, it definitely has a spooky Halloween feel to it. I was not familiar with the song before getting ready for this episode. I do like Rihanna's voice. Um, even though she is just mostly harmonizing in the song, she's not really singing. It definitely makes your skin crawl, or like you said, just on the edge of making your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree with that. I give this a solid Halloween rating. I mean, this would be something cool to hear... As you're waiting to go into a haunted house or as you're sitting at a party, you know, and it's like it's all this other other music. And then all of a sudden you get something that's like got a little actual Halloween bite to it. Modern-ish. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I really like that one. All right. Very good. So what do you got next? Up next, I got The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. So The Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead is a song written by Andy Partridge of Ecstasy for their 1992 album, Nonsuch. No, let's be clear. That is X T C. Yes, X T C. Because I think there's been a band that was like X and then T C or whatever. Oh, okay. The song was inspired by a jack-o'-lantern Partridge had carved and placed on a fence post in his garden for Halloween. Afterward, Partridge walked past the pumpkin each day on his way to his composing shed and, feeling sorry for the increasingly decaying fruity head, decided to write a song about him. He said that he begins he began thinking it about. What would happen if there was somebody on Earth who was just kind of perfect? God, they'd make so many enemies. The song was covered by Canadian group Crash Test Dummies in 1994 for the soundtrack to the film Dumb and Dumber, 
which is the version of the song we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Crash Test Dummies version is notable in that it is their first of two singles to feature Ellen Reed on lead vocals. It differs slightly from XTC's version, omitting the second verse. The music, music video was filmed in Nathan Phillips Square, home to City Hall in Toronto, Ontario. Fans of the band were invited to an open casting by VJs on, music, or on Much Music. It features Jeff Daniels reprising his role of Harry Dunn from Dumb and Dumber. In the video, Harry falls and gets a jack-o'-lantern stuck on his head. In a struggle to get it off, he foils a bank robbery and becomes a media sensation. However, he is unfairly found guilty of the bank robbery and narrowly avoids being hanged. He is saved by the pumpkin, which is placed on his head before he puts on the noose. It ends with a spoof of the religious imagery in the original video as Harry's followers, oblivious to him having survived, venerate him as a martyr and establish the Church of the Latter-day Pumpkinheads, where they don jack-o'-lantern masks, ape Harry's struggle to remove the pumpkin stuck to his head, and take communion of pumpkin seeds and wine sipped from a pumpkin stem. So, let's listen to the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. Dude, that was the most awkward sentence ever. Pretty close. I think I've had more awkward, though. And and I have to say, for the record, pumpkin seeds are amazing. Yeah, they are. Especially, you, you bake them and... Mm-hmm. Bake them with, with some... Sugar and, and cinnamon? Mm-mm. No, just bake them with some sea salt. Now, see, I like them with cinnamon and sugar. Because if you do them with the sea salt, you don't even have to crack them open. Just eat the shells and everything. You do with cinnamon and sugar, too. Mm-hmm. I love okay. them, but... So, it's a great song that has a moral meaning behind it. Which makes sense as, you know, Crash Test Dummies were known for slipping morals and thought into their music. Heaven forbid. I know. But I believe that's why they never really got too big in the United States. Because they're too preachy? They can be. They can be. That and they're one of your favorite bands, though, aren't they? No, I, I like them. They're not one of my favorite bands, but I do like them. Well, it's like top 30 favorite. Well, sure. I know they didn't write the song, but they did agree to do it for the movie. So, hooray for Peter Pumpkinhead. Lou, what are your thoughts? You know, and it's a decent cover song. The title is definitely Halloween. The lyrics, not really so much so. I would agree. What uh, What do you say? Ellen Reed was her name? Yes. I love her voice. She has got a great voice. She's got an amazing she voice. She was and honestly, part of Crash Dust Dummies. She yes. was a backing vocalist. Mm-hmm. And then they put her on lead vocalist for a couple songs. Right. And I wish they would have done more of it. You know, and the dude's got a like that baritone voice that he has is, is amazing. Everybody knows his voice. But I have to say that that lady's voice is what made me not hate this song. Okay, fair enough. Because you know how I feel about female lead singers, and I think she does a great job with the song. And you can hear him in the background. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, um, I don't. Off the top of my head. But either. they harmonize really well. Did you, by any chance, go back and listen to the Ecstasy version? I did not. Don't. <laughs> okay, that bad, huh? I did not enjoy it at all. Okay. It's kind of a grunge kind of. You, just, you can stop right there. Yeah, it's just really weird. Ugh. That doesn't sound very entertaining at all. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> see, and I thought you'd like this also. Did you watch the video? Did you see? I did not. Oh, you got to watch it because I think you'll like the whole Harry Dunn thing. It sounds pretty funny. And whenever I think of the pumpkin head, I also think of Green Jelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they did a lot of the, the pumpkin head stuff in there, too. We could probably could have used one of those. Oh, yeah, we probably could have. <laughs> like three pigs. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go with my next one. We've got Scary Monsters and Super Creeps by David Bowie. 
Yes, David Bowie did a song called Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. And I had never heard of it. Nor had I. And actually, that's the title album, Title of the album. Well, Scary Monsters is the name of the album. Right. So Scary Monsters and Super Creeps is the third single and title song off of 1980's album of the same name. After Bowie did his Berlin trilogy that consisted of Low, Heroes, and Lodger between the years of 77 and 79. That was 19. Just, yep. saying, just for those who listen to this in the far future. <laughs> Uh, he wanted to get 60 back. years from now? Exactly. He wanted to get back to the basics. Per Bowie biographer David Buckley, it was the, quote, perfect balance of creativity and mainstream success. So Bowie played keyboard and sang on this classic. The song really didn't go very far in the charts, peaking at number 20 in the UK and 17 in Ireland, but it was one that he played during most of his tours alone and with other artists like Nine Inch Nails for the outside tour and the Cure guitarist Reeves Gabriels doing an all-acoustic country-western version of the song. Weird. For a radio station. So, David Bowie has been all over the map when it comes to music styles. As times evolved, so did the music, and so did him. Which is why he was relevant up until his passing in 2016, which just made me think, has it been two years already? Holy balls. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. This one's just a fun pop song from early 80s Bowie. Is it scary? No. But between the title and the subject matter of the song, can be good. It can be a good party song. Between the creepy ones, kind of, it'll kind of lighten the mood. Right. Okay. So, we'll take a quick listen and then we'll we'll hear what Chad's trying to pinch off. Okay, so I was confused. I get the Halloween connection with the scary monsters and super creeps. What I don't get is, is it about sex or scary monsters or jealousy? Well, maybe if it was a scary monster of sex, that would be like an STD. Okay. I like the music. I do. I think it would be better without the lyrics, honestly. I think it would be a great piece of music if it was just music. Just instrumental? Right. Now, I don't know if overall if I like it or if I vehemently hate it. <laughs> What's one of those? I just, I got done listening to it and I'm like, I got to listen to this again. And so I listened to it again and I got done and I went, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, you and I are very opinionated people. Hmm? So for me to listen to a song twice and be like, I don't know, is really odd. You know, and it's just like uh, David Bowie's uh, sexuality. Very ambiguous. <laughs> I, like I said, I really like the music. I think the lyrics could be lost and it would be fine. There's a few songs we've been over like that where if it was yeah. an instrumental version, it'd be great. But if it because of the music or the lyrics, like that summer song from Calvin Harris. Yeah. Great music. Uh, if I heard, if I didn't hear his voice, I'd be perfectly thrilled. But anyway, like I said, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just thought of something that I forgot to bring up on our last episode. The, okay. The, the Guns episode. Did you know that the Eagles' Don Henley was a traveling musician for the band? For which band? For Guns? No, for Guns N' Roses. No, I did not know that. Apparently, he was a touring drummer for Guns N' Roses. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just like, Don Henley was technically a member of Guns N' Roses. No, he was a traveling member. But still technically a member. Okay. So, I just... Anyways, I know that has nothing to do with Halloween, except for it's a scary fact. Ooh. 
I think you're stretching. Yeah, well, whatever. It's your turn. All right. So next up, I'm going to do a song called Little Ghost by the White Stripes. So this Appalachian-style tune tells of a relationship with a woman who is quietly emotionless in a frightening manner. She is so quiet to the point that she isn't noticed by anyone. Oh, that's terrifying, because I'm sorry, when they show no emotion, shit's about to happen. (laughs) It's the quiet before the storm, dude. You've been married, you know what this is all about. (laughs) True. The song's narrator wishes that they got more attention from this girl, but is too afraid to make any moves. He is also afraid that people will think he's crazy in a relationship with someone so specter-like. Because if he does make a move, it's going to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So with that in mind, let's listen to Little Ghost. So this definitely has a folksy feel to it. I really like the bluegrass feel, and this is kind of pretty much that. With the banjo and other simple instruments like the jaw harp and the tambourine, it doesn't get any more folksy, really. It's a great song, and I'm not a White Stripes fan for the most part. They have a few good songs. Uh, we talked about it beforehand. Seven Seven Nation seven, Army. Seven Nation Army is a good song. I enjoy that one. I know you're kind of not on the same. I enjoy page. the music of it. Yeah, and but I like this, and and I know it's not White Stripes per se. I mean, it it is White Stripes, but it's it's not their style of music. But I enjoyed it. What were your thoughts on this one? You know, the topic of this song is Halloween. It's a ghost. And Halloweeny. Halloweeny. Yeah. That's this, that's you know why our you know why it's Halloweeny, don't you? Hmm. So you don't have a problem peeing. Ah. I suppose if it was solid it would be rather <laughs> difficult. Yeah. You'd have to perspire. <laughs> so the song on the other hand, personally I think it's too happy and bouncy sounding. It just doesn't fit for a Halloween playlist. I love the sound of the banjo. I like odd instruments. Banjo, uh, jaw harp. I know there's another name it used to be known as that we're not going to go yeah, into. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Because we like having this and not having lawsuits. Right. Or people well, being not offended. even lawsuits. Or but people being just, offended. Just stopping listening. Right. Um, but like accordion and that little wood thing that you talked about like yeah. from, from there. We need to find one of those. I'm sure that you can get some guy to make one. Oh, I'm sure. All it is uh, is a brick, a brick with some notches cut in it and a fucking stick and a dowel. Yeah, and it's hollow. Right. But I'm guessing we could go to, like, Jerry's Music or some shit and buy one. Yeah, probably be, like, 50 bucks if you have some grandpa make it for, like, up 10 bucks. Here, here's a piece of wood. Carve it for me. Okay. <laughs> okay, nothing else to do. Just drinking just, my bottles and James. I was going to say, just, just get him get him a brick of, brick of wood, a couple dowels, and, like, a case of PBR or something. He'll be happy as a clam. Anyways, but it, I just think it's too happy of a song. As much as I love the instruments... The music is what makes well, it happy. Bluegrass always feels happy, even if it's not. And it's not... Oh, this could be a song about suicide, but because of the bluegrass style, it's a happy song. It's a song about... I mean, it's a sad song if you really think about it. But you're right, it does sound happy. You know, I mean, if you put... You could... It's like the music for Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, for example. They yeah. just fucking killed a witch. <laughs> Not a happy song. It must be. But Ding it's a freedom song. Exactly. But it's a freedom song. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what do you got next? Next, we're going to go with a little Bad Moon Rising. We did talk about this song before, and that was during episode number one. Misheard lyrics. Okay. So, we both still remember that somehow. Yeah, misheard lyrics. Um, that was a really fun episode. 
It didn't turn out the best, but that's because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. I mean, production quality was a little down there back then. There but... was no music. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I have in my head, I'm like, should I go back and add music? You know. To like the first three episodes? Because we went the first three episodes and didn't do music. Right. And then for the next couple then, episodes, they were very rough shod when Because we didn't putting think the music about, in. we didn't think about putting a break break in to do the music. So it's like mid-sentence, all of a sudden, music! Well, I usually tried to do, like, at the end of a sentence, but it wasn't... And I it went back know, and listened to some... Some of them, it was like... It was the end of a sentence, but I should have really waited till the other sentence was done before I put the music in. Right. You know, and hey, that's it's just how it is. But anyways, that's a fun little piece of trivia for there you. There you go. So, this John Fogarty Penn song was written and released in April of 1969 as the lead single off of 1969's Green River. Now, normally, I don't do the month the song came out, but this one was a little significant because the song came out four months before the album came out. Okay. They released a single a quarter of a year before the actual Which is, album. Yeah, it's usually about a month you'll start getting it's singles. It's close, but not four fucking months. Right, That's right. insane. So, nothing like building the hype, right? So, anyhow. Or building the hype and then losing it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, the song is the other big hit off the album, the first one being the title song, Green River. Bad Moon Rising was supposedly inspired by when Fogarty watched the 1941 film The Devil and Daniel Webster. There was a scene in the movie where there's a hurricane, and he correlated it with the apocalypse that was going to be visited upon us. Which, as of right now in the news, we've got... Hurricane Michael? Hurricane Michael that just ended up, so I'm just, sure that was yeah. pretty, uh, pretty apocalyptic. Especially for the people in the way of it. Right. Um, and that was actually as told to Rolling Stone. The song is a short clocking one at just under two, two and a half minutes long, and I think it's known by pretty much everybody. Um, it's known for being one of the most misheard lyrics of all time, a fact that Fogarty actually played upon in concerts, sometimes singing the wrong lyrics and pointing off to the side of the stage as he sings, There's the Bathroom on the Right. <laughs> and, you know, and if he's going to have fun with it, you might as well, you yeah, know? Yeah, enjoy it. Now, the song peaked at number one in the U.S., the U.K., South Africa, New Zealand, and Ireland of all places, and it was the band's second gold single. It's been used in many different movies and other mediums and even inspired a nickname. Former NFL receiver Andre Risen, which as a Packer fan, you remember Andre Risen. Yep, before he went to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, got the nickname from the song, making himself Andre Bad Moon Risen. Very, yep, I no remember Nothing that. like giving yourself a nickname. Right. Clever. Now, I feel Bad Moon Rising is a good Halloween song, if anything, because of the lyrics. Earthquakes, lightning, rivers overflowing, and by I hope you're all prepared to die. Yeah, that's kind of freaky shit. And, you know, we are about as far from a hurricane as you can get. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I can go in the basement from a tornado, okay? Floods coming in, you're going to die. Or you leave. Right, well, or, yeah. Although, that being said, there's something kind of exhilarating about weathering a storm. I suppose. I mean, unlike Cantori, I guess he almost got hit by debris when he was reporting on Michael. And Cantori is a badass. I'm sorry, but he is the weatherman equivalent of a of evil fucking Knievel. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, if you've watched any of those videos with him, seriously, the guy's cut like a brick shithouse. He gets crazy over Thundersnow. And... He's just insane. Thundersnow is amazing, though. It is. But, I mean, he, like, had four times in one winter. And he just, like, lost his shit. Seriously. Look up the video of Cantori and Thundersnow. I mean, he jumps around like a monkey. It was hilarious. <laughs> that being said, it's a pretty grim stuff for a rock, a Bayou Rock song. 
I love it. It's a great song. It belongs on any playlist, including Halloween. And now you're going to make your ear holes listen to it. Because I said so. And go. Listen up, ear holes. Listen to this. Anyway, not sure if this is a Halloween song. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy CCR. I enjoy this song. That said, is it Halloween? Now, I guess I could see an argument for it. You know, like you were saying, all the apocalyptic picturing in the movie, and or in the, in the song. Death. And death. I just think it's more of a bad vibe song, and I don't see Halloween as bad. I mean, I guess it might work on a Halloween party playlist. I I just wouldn't add it to mine. All right. I, I just couldn't do it. I don't know. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. All right. So up next did I you, have... Did you finish that thing already? No, not quite. Oh, I'm like, holy shit, dude. It's really good, though. So the Adams Family theme song by Vic Mizzy. The theme for the TV series The Adams Family was written and arranged by longtime Hollywood film and television composer Vic Mizzy. The song's arrangement was dominated by a harpsichord and featured finger snaps as percussive, percussive accompaniment. Actor Ted Cassidy, reprising his lurch voice, punctuated the lyrics with words like neat, sweet, and petite. petite. Mizzy's theme was popular enough to enjoy a single release, though it failed to make the national charts. The closing theme... The closing theme was similar, but was instrumental only and featured such instruments as a triangle, a wooden block, a siren whistle, and a duck call. So I can hear all those, too, yeah. because I, I the show is great. Yep. And the movie was fantastic, too, actually. Yeah. The first one. The second one wasn't horrible. No, but it was still, the first one was still better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, shall we ring Lurch? They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together, okay, the Adams Family. So I have loved this kind of fun, creepy song since the first time I heard it. It's different, it's fun, and it completely tells you everything you need to know about the TV show as well. Not a whole lot to say about it, but you should definitely add this to your Halloween playlist. What are your thoughts, Lou? You know, and you may know this because I know I told you this, but let's see if you remember it. I was a soundtrack nerd when I was a kid. I didn't listen to rock songs. I was? Well, yeah, but I, I diversify now. But back then, it was mainly soundtracks and Weird Al. That was that was it when I was younger, which I got a lot of shit for it. I wonder why. Yeah, well. Fucking nerd. You know what, though? Now you got all the, the hipsters and people are like, yeah, that was cool. I'm like, fuck you. I liked it before it was cool. But in any respect, I bought... You're like the uber hipster. I was a hipster before hipsters were cool. Um... No, I bought the cassette soundtrack of this for the theme. Oh, really? I did. I might even still have it somewhere, which is scary as hell. But Well, I know it, you own the series because I borrowed it from you. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, the opening sequence versus the last one, the last one sped up just a little bit. And I loved the show. I remember we it was on Sundays. It was that and the Munsters were always on Sundays. Yep. And then they had Charlie Chan, the little... the uh, Yes. Charlie Chan was on Sundays, too. I didn't care so much about those, but the Addams Family and Munsters, I loved TBS. Yep. It was always TBS, and then occasionally they threw Starcade in there, too. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is yeah. that arcade yeah. vi video game show, which I actually watched on YouTube recently. It's so <laughs> terrible. And these people who play this suck at video games so bad. But anyways, so even those who have not seen the show know 
to finger to snap their fingers at the right time. Oh yeah, you you just do. Mainly probably due to the nineteen ninety one Barry nineteen ninety one Barry Sonnefeld movie with Raul Julia, uh, Angelica Houston, Tim, and yep. Christopher Lloyd. Yep. Um, uh, the casting, as well as uh, what was her name, uh, Christina Ricci. Yes, and then whoever played Pugsley. Nobody cares. Um, but that being said, though, they did the casting amazingly because I'm sorry, Raul Julia was Gomez. Mm-hmm. He really was. Because John Aston was a great, crazy-eyed guy in the original show, but Julia, I mean, he just killed it. And since Aston was still alive, they did cast him in there mm-hmm. in a couple small roles, and right. I thought he did that well, too. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy when you think about it, too. It's a great Halloween song but as the little segue here, but it's great if you think about it, because if you think of Aston, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think of Sean Aston. Right, his who, son. Who His son, who was in Encino Man who was in The Goonies, for Christ's sakes, as well as one of the Hobbits in Lord of, Lord of the Rings. He was fucking... Uh, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee, yeah. Mr. Frodo's not going anywhere without me. <laughs> Mr. Frodo! Mr. Oh, Frodo! Potatoes. <laughs> Boil them, smash them, put them in a stew. Dude, pota- Scott, that one's for you, man, because potatoes are fucking amazing. I, I'm not, I'm not denying the the ability and the greatness of potatoes. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next one, which is equally creepy, and that is the Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. I always thought it was Old Enfield, but then I realized I was fucking saying it wrong. Okay. So, Tubular Bells is an instrumental that was composed for Mike Oldfield's debut album of the same name. Oldfield, a progressive rock guy. Hello, Al. Progressive rock. All for you. Got it. When he when he was 19 years Hell, old... I didn't say it. Lou did. Yeah, but he wanted me to. He told me to. He made me. I did. Gunpoint. So, <laughs> but he was 19 when he composed this, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, when it was composed and recorded, and he played most of the instruments in the piece by himself. The overall album really didn't do too much until William Friedkin, the director of the 1973 movie The Exorcist, decided to use part of the song for the movie, and that's when it exploded. It became so ingrained with the film that people now know it, not by its actual name, but actually as the theme of The Exorcist. After the popularity boom, from February of 74 to May of 75, it spent only four weeks outside of the top ten. Wow. Fighting with Band on the Run for a few of those weeks. Nice. As of July 17, this is the interesting one. As of July 2017, it spent a total of 286 weeks on the UK charts. That's five and a half fucking years. That's a long time. And for some odd reason, it re-enters the chart every decade since it's been released, most recently being October of 2013. Okay. That's kind of interesting, too. It's like every 10 years, it kind of comes back out, kind of like Castlevania comes back every every century. As I mentioned before, you can't play this song without thinking of pea soup and heads rotating. The song is perfectly creepy, and I think it fits for this playlist. Let's go ahead and take a listen and see if you get equally creeped out and get some of those little goose flesh things going on your arms. And go. Now, this feels like Halloween. I love the sound of these bells. And in a way, you'll like this. It reminds me of some horror flick from the 80s. Just can't put my finger on which one. 
However, I'll say, Lou, what movie am I thinking of? And he'll know. A horror movie of the 80s. Wasn't that, or was it the 70s? Oh, 73. So oh, wow. Or at least okay. early 70s. Okay. Um, well, like, there's a lot of 80s Halloween, or 80s Halloween movies that, like, I, I keep thinking of, like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare, because those are the kind of, that and Halloween were the big three. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. So this is a lot of bells and electronic music, and strangely, I really like it. And I wouldn't think uh, that and you're I not an instrumental guy. No, I'm not, but I really enjoyed this. I listened to all eight minutes Really? I did. Wow. It's a good choice. I, I remember, have nothing bad to say about this one. Not only did I hear this here, but I went out and bought... Remember the time, they had like the Time Life CDs that always came out, like Classical Thunder and shit like that? They also did one that wasn't Time Life, but it was a TV thing until you could buy it in the stores that was called Pure Moods. Okay. I bought Pure Moods because it was actually relaxing and had a whole bunch of other stuff. And this one was on that CD, I believe. And <laughs> I liked this one. It's, it's But not, somebody who had PSTD from watching... It's it's a mood. The it's not exactly a relaxing one, but it's a mood. Um, and actually, I don't. And they probably won't be listening to this, but I know somebody who actually pulled a muscle watching The Exorcist. They jumped so hard that they pulled a muscle. I have never seen The Exorcist. I have no desire to see The Exorcist. I'd like to see it someday. But <clears throat> speaking of that, when Nikki and I were dating, I don't think we were married yet. Back when the Grand Theater used to show movies. Oh yeah. We went and saw Jurassic Park. Okay. I didn't know they played that there. Yes, on the big screen. And you know in the original Jurassic Park where T-Rex, you kind of hear him scream off screen and then he comes barreling in from the Mm, side? Yeah, yeah. Nikki was holding my hand and she did a flip in her chair and twisted my wrist. She did not let go of my hand. Damn. And she literally went backwards over in her chair when T-Rex came Wow. Flashing off the side. I, too, saw Jurassic Park in the theater. I saw it at Marcus over by Connie, where, well, yep. over by Connie Market. Where the Holiday Station is now. Yes. I went and saw it back-to-back twice. Three times, actually. No, the th- third time was a different day. But the first time I walked over, because Shopko was there, I bought a bag of Chocolate Reason. Okay. Chocolate Reason is good candy, but it's hard-ish candy. You can't yeah. eat that fast. No, you gotta, you got to chew it. I finished that bag in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Just, <laughs> I was I was just losing my shit over that movie. And Do you remember then, the last movie you saw there? Uh, Ghostbusters 2. No, no. Um, I'd have to look timelines because I saw Ghostbusters 2 there. I remember it watched Legends of the Fall, which was a piece of shit movie. Um, I saw Wayne's World there. Legends of the Fall was still better than Seven Years in Tibet. I wouldn't have paid to watch that one. I didn't pay to watch either of them. I, when I well, worked, I mean, I did. I rented them. But. When I worked at KB, we had this because Legends of Fall came out at the same time as Toy Story came out, 95. And Toy Story, as we all know, is a great movie. The first one, the second one's very good. Third one, I wasn't a huge fan of. They were at the theater at the same time, and of five people that wanted to go, four out of five wanted to see Toy Story because we work at a fucking toy store. The fifth one, because Brad Pitt was in the goddamn thing... Wanted to see Legends of the Fall. Let me let, guess what gender she was. Jeez, I don't know. You just said she. Right. So because the one woman who was dating one of the guys wanted to see it. But we he all, wanted to see it too. We all knuckled under and went to that movie. And I I don't fall asleep in movies. Because I figure if I spend my money, I want to see the movie. I drifted off twice in that movie. I only fall asleep in, ter- in, uh, in uh, if Transformers you're at home. movies. Oh, well. Or if you're at home. I don't know what the fuck it is. 
It's like I have seen all the Transformer movies, the the Michael Bay versions. Yeah. In the theater. It's like every time I've gone, you get to the big fight scene, and Nikki looks over, and there I am. <laughs> well, because your snores sound like explosions. So nobody tries to wake you up. I don't know what the hell it is about Michael Bay, but it's like... You know, but not all of his movies are bad, though, because, I mean, no. he, like, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Um, Should but... we maybe get back to music, though? Yeah, sure. But um... I was going to say, my last movie I saw there was U2, Rattle, and Hum. You went and you paid for that? <sighs> I did. Okay, well, that's cool. I mean, no, it's an no, experience, it wasn't. It I was... guess. Have you ever seen it? No. I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> I'm not I, I don't even think that I have the CD for that or, or I'm, tape. I, I'm not either. There was a girl and... That's all you had to say. <laughs> that's all you had to say. I'm going to... Actually, this is a Halloween memory. And that's the reason I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Have you seen Blair Witch? mm Okay. Don't. But... That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's... Well, if nothing else, the camera work would make me sick. Well, yeah. No, if you watch the movie, if you think about it, you can get creeped out by the ending. I watched it, and I must have not thought too hard about it, because the guy that I was watching it with, him and his wife, were just like, so you creeped out? I'm like, no. Well, here, let me rewind it. They were on it, and it's like, this is why it's creepy. I'm like, if you have to explain why it's creepy, I'm not scared. Right. So... The first Blair Witch doesn't show you anything, and that's what's supposed to be scary about it. Right. The second Blair Witch movie shows you everything, which is why it wasn't scary. I went on a date to a movie, which is one of the worst things you can do because you're not supposed to talk. You're not supposed to do anything but sit there and be quiet and watch a movie. We went to the second Blair Witch movie on a date. Doesn't seem like a good choice. It wasn't my choice. I mean, I still got laid out of it, but at the same time, it was just a bad date movie. I was pissed I lost the money for the movie. I would have much rather gone to the bar and, and drank the money than anything else. I kind of want to say, think of it as you just paid up front for the sex. But then but you're talking about bad. paying for sex, yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> All right, I, know, I know where you were going with that back one, to but the music. no. So what is, your la- what is your last one? So my last song is This is Halloween from The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, which is a 1993 film. Uh, it was directed by... Mr. Creepy Guy, Kendrick Burton. Burton. And with music and lyrics written by Danny Elfman. The In the film, it is performed by the residents of the fictional Halloween Town, which is the film's main setting, and introduces the town's Halloween-centered lifestyle. The song is featured in both Hallow Wishes at the Magic Kingdom and at Disneyland's Halloween Screams. In Callaway Park, it is featured in the Haunted Mansion. It is also used as the background music for the Halloween Town world in the video game Kingdom Hearts. The song is featured in the video game Just Dance 3. Such a good game. Let's take Kingdom a... Hearts, that is, not Just yeah. Dance. Let's uh, take a listen to this. Is Halloween. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. Fingers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween. This Now, there is no better Halloween movie than Nightmare Before Christmas. It is a song sung by many of the players in the movie. I was amused to find that Marilyn Manson and Panic at the Disco both did covers of the song, as well as others. Now, I am a connoisseur of Halloween, and most things associated with it. I love Halloween, and nothing is more family-friendly Halloween than this movie and this song. It's just really good stuff. What are your thoughts, Lou? Okay, now tell us. Okay, so... 
first thing I was going to say is everyone goes gaga about this movie and all the music from it, and I can say I don't understand why. Yes, the movie was a ton of work, and I'm not going to take anything away from that. I just don't get it. That being said, the song is very Tim Burton, and in that, I mean it was done by Danny Elfman almost completely. Because I love Danny Elfman's work, though. Batman in the 90s and... Pee-wee, Beetlejuice, yeah. I mean, and uh, The Flash, actually. And really? The the TV series The Flash? Oh, Absolutely. Really? Awesome. He actually also did, if you're, you, you're not a video gamer like I am, though, but if you remember, they came out with a game called Fable. It was on the original Xbox. I played Fable on my phone at one point. Okay. The original, the whole soundtrack was done by uh, Shaw, I think his name was. I can't remember the guy's first name. But the main theme for Fable was done by Danny Elfman. Nice. And I was very impressed to see that because I like his work, but just like a lot of other composers, because I like instrumentals, I can tell their style. Oh, yeah. You can tell Elfman's style. Yes. You can tell John Williams' style. You can tell uh, Hans Zimmer's style. I mean, it, there's subtle nuances that you can definitely tell. And this is definitely a... Danny Elfman. Yeah. Now, the song's got a very dark sound to it, and it works for the movie. It works for the day. I might be saying this because I really haven't seen all of Nightmare Before Elm Street. Uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street. That would be a really fucked up. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Uh, they kind of they kind of touch on that in one of the sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street. They talk about Freddy's childhood. Oh, the Nightmare but, Before Elm Street Christmas. Oh, that would just be awful. Now. That would be almost as bad as DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and It's a Nightmare on My Street. Did, and I think you did that one last year, or I, one of us I, did. We did it for something, I don't remember. Or there's Santa's sleigh with the Bill Goldberg being Santa Claus. i got to see that yet. I have I not ha- seen that. I have that. We need to sit down and watch yes, that. Yes, we do. We do. We'll watch that as the shitty one, and then we'll watch Christmas Story as the good one. Okay, I'm done with that. I'm okay, So, because my understanding is you're going to have a Halloween Fest movies coming up. So, yes, uh, a couple weeks. And so you'll do Halloween movies there, and then when it comes to Christmas movies, I'm all about that shit. All right, we'll do it. All right, so that being said, I am not a huge fan of the song, but it fits for a Halloween playlist. Okay, fair enough. And for the record, we have been all over in this episode. <laughs> Again, we say it in every episode, we'll whatever the anything. hell we want You to. know, but a couple weeks ago when we did this, it was short. It was like half an hour long because we talked about nothing but our music. And this week we're talking. We was, you know, we haven't gotten together in a while, so we just talk about random shit. Yeah. So anyway, wrap <laughs> us up. We're gonna wrap this up with a little bit of Rob Zombie. Oh, love this, love this song. So this is Living Dead Girl. Now this Rob Zombie and I think it's Scott Humphrey. I didn't write his first name down because no one gives a shit. Penned the second single off of Zombie's 1998 hit Hellbilly Deluxe, 13 Tales of cadaverous cavorting inside the spook show international what was the first release what the first the first single yeah Uh, probably super beast it was dragula oh was it yeah it was one or the other so the song like many of zombies others includes old horror movie quotes as well as images of the freak show slash horror show he's got a style hard rock and macabre and it works the song peaked at number 7 on the mainstream rock chart, while the parent album peaked at number 5 on the U.S. Billboard 200 and number 2 on the Canadian album's Billboard chart, going double platinum in Canada and triple platinum in the U.S. I can see why, because that is a great fucking album. Oh, God, I love that album. What else is there to say? It's hard, it's loud, it's fast, and between the images of Zombie and the images the Im- that it conjures up are creepy as fuck. It's a great track for any Halloween playlist, especially if your friends are into hard rock. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to take a listen, then we'll hear what Chad has to say. So finish this out. What are your thoughts? This is Halloween almost as much as this is Halloween is Halloween. Well, okay, hold on. I need to think about that one. I've been drinking. This is Halloween, Halloween almost as much as, much as this, this is, is Halloween, Halloween is, Halloween. is Halloween. Okay, I, I, I'm with you now. You got it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you decided to do zombie for this. Zombie is Halloween. I mean, he Not, was Halloween 365, 24-7. And it doesn't matter that he directed two Halloween movies. Right. And and this is a great song about goth girls, really. I mean, that's the way I read it anyway. I enjoy it. Again, as you said, it's off of Hellbilly Deluxe, which is an amazing album. And what else can really be said about this? This belongs on every Halloween playlist. That's the other thing I can say about this. And he puts his wife in almost all of his videos and well, movies. because she's smoking hot. Sherry Moon. I don't yeah. know if she's still his wife or not, but... Um, she was. Yeah, uh, not not too bad, not too shabby. All right, with that, uh, let's go back to the trivia question. We're going to go back to liquor first. Oh, yeah, liquor first. What are your thoughts? Are you changing it? No, that was fucking great. I wanted, Did you bring another one? I did not, but I'm changing mine to a bar. Really? Because that last drink tasted like piss. Seriously, it was horrible. Then you let it get warm. No, I was drinking it as fast as I possibly could. This is one where having one is enough. I know you want more, but one is more than okay, enough for me. Fair enough. So that's why we instituted our own. Well, you know, we make our own rules here, but right. But that's, that's why we instituted that rule of yep. we can change it because. So you stayed as the the thumbs up. I'm going to a bar. It was a thumbs up. The first half of the bottle was a thumbs up. The rest of it turned to a bar for me. Okay, I think I think one was a thumbs up. I would be willing to try a second one to find out if it stays that way. At eight and a half percent, this would get you fucked up though. <laughs> and I got to work tomorrow. But anyway, trivia? Yes. Let's see if you go to 50% or if you stay above there. All right, so I'm going to see if I can remember your question. That's how many kids have actually been injured by stranger-given poison candy? Okay, or I could read it and it would make more sense. Fine. How many children have been seriously injured or killed from poison candy given to them by strangers during Halloween? Your choices are 100, 0, 1,000, or 10,000. I'm going to say 0. You are correct. Because every I, case that has been documented where somebody's been poisoned or anything like that, it's been by somebody they know. Because their family are assholes. Just like if you remember, and I know you remember, that they always talked about razor blades in the candy or needles in the candy. Do you know how many years I could not eat my fucking candy till we went to the hospital and had it fucking x-rayed? Your mom x-rayed the candy? Yes! My parents looked at the candy. We dumped that shit out on the table or the carpet or whatever the case was. And we were good, though. We didn't eat it on the way home. No, we didn't either. And and I will tell you, I don't know about where you trick-or-treated, but we got all the, like, mini-sized things. We got all the little, like, Tootsie Rolls and shit. How are you going to hide a goddamn razor blade in there? Right. The You know, honestly, the best place to go trick-or-treating was the bar. Really? Not even. They give me full candy bars. Shit. You know, we should go trick-or-treating this year. Because we look teenagers. Fuck that! Although if I shave this, I might. 
You've me seen, too. You've seen pictures of me shaved. Ed. We could both shave and pass for high school kids. <laughs> but uh, no, um, and back then, and this is a little history lesson for people who weren't alive back then, we didn't have this three-hour bullshit four to seven time. We no. went, we as soon as we got done with school and got home, which was about maybe what three thirty. Yeah, you'd put on you your threw shit, your, threw your shit on. If it was cold, you put a snow sco- yeah, suit on top. Then of it. your costume, and then your costume, and then you went out. And if people had their lights on, it doesn't matter if it's eight o'clock or twelve p.m. You trick or treat at that motherfucker's house. Oh yeah. Now it's what four to seven, I think. Something like that. But and you know, did you ever do the costume change and then go again? I did not, but then again, we got enough of a haul we didn't need to. We, dude, one year we had a half a garbage bag full of candy. Holy shit. But, so, one year, I remember this distinctly, Halloween, Halloween, I decided I was going as Hulk Hogan. Okay. My mother bought me a um, a red t-shirt, no, a yellow t-shirt, and in red we wrote Hulkamania, you know, my mom saw a picture of it and she kind of did it, Mm -hmm. so... Mm -hmm. And then um, the the shorts, and it was fucking snowing. <laughs> and my mom's like, you need to put on a suit. And I'm like, I'm not. And so we argued, and finally she's like, fine. Do you, you want to go on the snow? Did Fuck get, yeah. Did you get sick? No, I didn't get sick. But I only made about a block and a half, and then I went home and put on my snowsuit. Because <laughs> it was piss-ass cold. It was snowing. You know, unfortunately, really snow was like that, that hard, crispy, almost... Oh, like the pellets? Yeah. That happened tonight in my oh, drive over. Really? Yeah. I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> um, but no, I've always had good costumes that have been good. Like I did a soldier one year, so I had full clothes on. I did I, one year was a biker. Um, another year was a robot. You know, So it was always something that I could get away with wearing full clothes on and not be frozen. Um, I think, honestly, the last time I wore an inappropriate costume for freezing my ass off was last year when we went as gods. Oh, yeah. Because it was fucking cold. It was chilly. It was chilly. But then again, in the house, it wasn't. No, in the house, I sweat my balls off. Right. So. And then we left, and my balls turned to ice. Because they were all wet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, um, we would usually go kind of the same way I did my paper out. It was usually from 1st to 4th Street, depending on who came with us. If parents came with, they were like, oh, I want to go home. And, like, and the kids are like, fuck you, buy me candy. <laughs> Whereas it's usually opposite for walks or whatever else. But right. we made it one time. I remember, and because we lived about uh, four houses away from Pollock Inn. So you know where that yep, is. Yep. We made it all the way up to Park Avenue, which is a block away from Athletic Park. Yep, yep. From 3 to 10, we went for seven hours. No, 4 to 10, six hours. We got a butt ton of damn candy. The best year we ever did. Now, I grew up out in Rib Mountain. You know where the... Where Mountain Drive is and the the DMV is, where uh, I used like to go the, straight where through. the fire where, station is now? Before, yeah, before R was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I lived right on Red Mountain Drive. Mm-hmm. And there are a... Was this or before or after the house, the house exploded? This was probably before. <laughs> so we went all the way from... Because we lived in a neighborhood and it was it was a square neighborhood, a mm-hmm. rectangle neighborhood. So we went down every street. Of course. You know, and it was just crazy and there was like one or two old people that would give you full candy bars but most of the time you just got the little fun size the fun size but they were like i grew up in river mountain so they were like here's a handful of fun size yep you know you know and i live on i live downtown i live about i mean you i would say maybe about four or five blocks away from downtown yeah something like that and two years ago when we were actually home for halloween we had a big ass halloween bowl in orange with you know bats and shit on it and we bought a 
heaping with candy. We had four kids. Well, you know, the thing with... Which was good for me because right. I had a fuck ton of candy left. But, you know, the thing about that is where you guys are mm-hmm. and the fact that your house is up steps and off the road, yeah. I'm guessing a lot of kids just are like, it is not worth it. You know, but the thing is, too, is, on. I mean, you've been at our house when it's dark out. Mm-hmm. It is fucking dark on our street. Yeah. There's no streetlights. So seeing three streetlights on on that entire block, if it were me... I'd horn in on those lights like you can imagine. Because I don't care if there's 20 steps. I'm getting candy out of it. Right. And because we didn't get kids, in fact, we had three babies one year. We're two two years ago when we were home. We weren't home last year. Two years ago well, when yeah, we were home. Well, yeah, because we were at the party. I ran out of candy because we had somewhere over 50 kids show up. Jesus, good thing shop goes right there. We just turned off our light. Well, that's the other thing, too. <laughs> you know, you run out of candy, you're like, sorry. Clint. Yeah, if if I'm running out of candy, I'm and I'm running. If they're gonna force me, it to depends leave, on what time it is too. Well, yeah, if it's like an hour into it, fine. If I run out of candy, my fat ass is gonna go out and buy double bags, one for the kids and one for me, <laughs> because I'm not running out of candy twice. All right, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh shit. Oh boy. Well, you're thinking about. It, I'll tell you mine. Candy corn. That surprises me. I fucking love candy corn. No, the regular because they they've got tons of different flavors. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the original. The red, uh, was it the, yellow, orange, orange, yellow, and white? And white. Mm-hmm. Or, or the, the um, caramel apple one. I was say, I just saw those the other day. Those are good. Um, the chocolate ones aren't terrible. I don't like the chocolate ones. You know, and a lot of people hate these things, but I fucking love them. The peanut butter kisses. Those are my second favorite. You, some, depending on how fresh they are. If they're old, you got to <laughs> suck on them for like three days yeah. before they actually yeah. are enough to eat. But if you get some nice fresh ones, oh my god, that gritty chocolate, or I'm sorry, the, peanut butter? the gritty peanut butter, which if that came if, in a peanut butter cup, you'd be pissed. Yeah, if that was in a peanut butter cup or in your peanut butter jar, you'd be like, what the f-? But with these things, it just works. Yeah. yeah. That, that is my favorite Halloween candy. That is not, that's considered Halloween. Right. Now, favorite candy, period, that's like asking who your favorite kid is. Yeah. You just I can't do it. I can, because I know what my favorite is. Do tell. Whatchamacallit. It's a good choice. I fucking love watching that. That is one of that's an underrated candy bar. It is. It really is because you know it's that that weird little brown wrapper. It's like like khaki almost. Yep. Um, it's got a good crunch to it. Enough chocolate, whatever nougat they're using. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got caramel. It's got peanuts. It's mm-hmm. got pretzels in there. I mean, it's it's a good candy. Um, let's see. God, I can't. If I'm gonna go with any favorite candy bar off the top of my head, it's Three Musketeers. I like the Three Musketeers as well. Especially the mint ones that they had. Nope. You don't like mint, though. I do like mint. But in the Three Musketeers, it tasted wrong to me. Well, but it was just mint and dark chocolate. Uh, now, if we're not talking that one, and I think we can both agree with this, peanut butter cups. Oh, well, yeah. You can't, can't go wrong with a peanut butter you cup. Can, it is the classic candy. You cannot go wrong with Reese's peanut butter the cups. The problem I have with Reese's peanut butter cups is I can eat two or three. That's it. Really? And then I, I just it's too much. Really? Have yeah. you ever tried one of those big cup ones? The ones that are like... I did. I got there? about halfway through it. Really? Yeah, and I was just like, I'm done. I'm fucking... I'm, I'm out. Tapping out? Yeah. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know if you like this episode or any of our other episodes. Uh, you can find us in a couple different ways. First, with email. You can find us at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at Musically Challenged Podcast. Or, or you can check us on POI Network. And if you do the search on Podbean, which is where we're hosted on, make sure you check for POI, because if you try to find us otherwise, you're not going to find Music of the Challenge. Right. That's true. And 
Why don't, you, third way. why don't you tell us about the Twitter? I'll try to tell you about the Twitter. I don't normally do this, but what the hell? It's Halloween. Everything's a little crazy. So Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at MCPodcast17. That's MCPodcast17. Give us a playlist. Uh, give us some love. Give us some hate. Fucking give us something. Ten songs, ten artists. Yep, that would be the playlist. Either with a theme or without a theme. It doesn't matter. But we really do enjoy your playlist, and it's been a while since we've had one. Yeah, actually, um, who did the last one? I think wasn't Nicole. Mm, no. Or one, of your, or one of your kids. No, I, it might have been one of my kids. I don't. I don't remember. It's been a while. My, I know my boss is working on one, so we'll have to see, okay. about, see if she'll give us one. And I've got a couple friends that say they're going to do it, but every time I check in with them, they're kind of like, oh, I haven't done it yet. Actually, we do have a playlist coming up, Scott. Oh, that's right. When we but then again, we've been live. asking him for 100 fucking episodes, and he's finally getting around to it. Hey, he made it at 95, I think, is where we got him set up to do. Which is still a year and a fucking half. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, thanks for listening, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. And happy Halloween. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.